Hello and welcome to the Lancet Haematology in Conversation with. It's December 2023 and I'm Emma Cookson. This month I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Enrico Lopriori from Leiden University Medical Centre in the Netherlands, whose clinical trial testing darbopoietin alpha to prevent postnatal anemia by stimulating red blood cell production in infants with hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn is published in our issue this month. Uh, so, Professor Lopriori, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, firstly, can you start by giving us uh, some background information about haemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn and what the main aims of your trial were? Yes, thank you, Emma. So, this disease, uh, haemolytic disease of the fetus and ne- newborn, I will uh, term it HDFN. It's easier for, it's uh, less long. Uh, so, it's um, a very severe condition and what happens in this disease is that maternal antibodies directed against the fetal red blood cells so the red blood cells of the fetus these maternal antibodies can pass through the placenta and attack and destroy the fetal red blood cells and this will lead to a severe fetal anemia in some cases and it's sometimes so severe that these babies need intrauterine transfusion, so a transfusion while they're still in the um, in utero. Um, that's the, the disease uh, in itself during pregnancy. Once these babies are born, the maternal antibodies are still circulating in the, well, inside the body of the babies, and up to three months, these babies can still develop anemia postnatally, Uh, requiring uh, a blood transfusion also after birth. So not only before birth, but after birth also. It's easier, of course, to give a transfusion to a baby with anemia after birth. It's much more difficult to give it before birth, of course. But still, uh, these babies are otherwise doing well and they need to be admitted for this transfusion in the first three months. On average, uh, more than 80% of these babies need a transfusion in the first three months uh, of life. On average, two transfusion, but some of them may sometimes need five or six transfusions. It's a pretty, like you say, a very severe disease. So with that in mind, can you explain uh, what the aims of your trial were in order to try and improve outcomes in these uh, very sick infants? Yes, yeah, so what we are hypothesis was that these, this anemia in the baby's afterbirth was either due to a persisting hemolytic disease due to the antibodies and then there is not much you can do about it. You just have to wait until the antibodies level inside the body of the baby's uh, lower and totally uh, goes away. But the other hypothesis is that uh, Anemia in these babies after birth is due to what we call a hyporegenerative anemia, meaning that the babies that receive uh, many intrauterine transfusion, the erythropoiesis, so the production of red blood cells in these babies before birth already, uh, decreases. And that's uh, sometimes we can measure that at birth already, and we can see that there are very few reticulocytes count. The level is very low and this is a a sign of a very uh, low erythropoiesis. So by uh, this was our second hypothesis and to treat that uh, problem, what we can do is give stimulating agents to uh, stimulate the erythropoiesis and this is 
uh, done by giving er uh, erythropoietin. I will uh, call it now EPO, just to uh, shorten it. And EPO is uh, a medication so that stimulates the red blood cell production. And our hypothesis was then to uh, see if in a randomized uh, setting of a, a trial, uh, this administration of erythropoietin would indeed reduce the need of transfusion after birth. It was already done um, several times, uh, but not in a randomized setting, uh, not in a randomized study. Uh, so this was the first randomized uh, study to uh, study this, um, this effect. And what we did in the study, so it was a uh, randomized trial in which one group received the standard, standard treatment without any EPO, and the other half received erythropoietin for eight weeks, starting in the first week after birth, and then each week, once a week, uh, darbipoietin, that was the um, medication that we use, once a week subcutaneously for the eight, first eight weeks. That was the design of the trial, and what we uh, saw, the results, were actually exactly what we uh, hypothesize, and that is that the, the, the group treated with erythropoietin, the need of transfusion and the number of transfusion was significantly reduced. The number of transfusion was on average two transfusion in the first three months for the group in a standard treatment and was reduced by 50% to, so to one, on average, one transfusion uh, per baby in the group treated with EPO. So it doesn't eliminate the treatment with EPO doesn't eliminate totally the need of transfusion. Still babies need transfusion, but it's reduced by 50%. So it reduces, it el eliminates the need of one admission to the hospital for these babies. And uh, it might sound not much, but uh, for those who have babies and know how the, much the impact is of having a baby admitted to the hospital for a transfusion, we know that that is uh, very important. So every admission that we can prevent is a very a good effect. So the results were uh, as expected that EPO in this group uh, of babies with HDFN treated with intrauterine transfusion because those were the inclusion criteria does reduce the need of postnatal transfusions. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And I, I think it's important to have that context that actually, as you say, each transfusion is is a big deal for the patient and the parents, right? Um, it's not not a nice procedure and it takes it's quite quite a long process, right, with the follow-up and things like that. Yeah, so the, the follow-up is, is, is more or less the same. So that won't change much. So we need to be uh, aware that whether they're treated with EPO or not, you need to follow them up the first three months, two to three months. Yes, the, the, the level of anemia will be uh, less so in the group treated with T EPO, so the babies would, will feel better, will need less admissions, and because the hemoglobin doesn't fall uh, too much. That's what we want to prevent with uh, giving the uh, EPO. Okay, great. Thank you. So just... Um, bearing in mind some of the limitations of the trial. Could you talk to us about those just to put the results in a bit more context? Yes. Um, one, the first limitation is that this was uh, a small trial with 44 babies randomized. 
it's a very rare disease so it's difficult and it took us uh, uh, many years to do the trial so that's um, one of the limitations and because of the small groups um, we weren't able to uh, analyze many other things except the need of transfusions but then again that's the the the, the incidence of this disease uh, the other limitation is that there were protocol violations uh, a few of them meaning that some of these babies should have received a transfusion but did not or the other way around but these protocol violations were few and occurred in both groups both the standard group as the uh, treated group so at the end we don't think that had any effect any significant effect on the results so yeah just as another point did you have any problems with recruiting uh, patients uh, to the trial uh, obviously through parental consent yes Thank you for this uh, good question because it's a, a difficult thing to uh, include babies in a, a trial involving medication and we had around 40% of um, parents who um, did not want to participate in the study. Again, it's, a, it's difficult to, um, as parents to include your baby in a study that involves a new medication that has not been proven uh, yet. Mm. So actually, maybe sixty percent in that context doesn't seem so so bad. It sounds quite good to me, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, just lastly, uh, how do you think these results will be used clinically, um, and what do you feel are the next stages for research in this area? So, we think that this study shows that if we want to reduce the need of transfusion after birth, we can do that in babies with HDFN who were in need of intrauterine transfusion, we can do that by giving erythropoietin. So I think that every uh, doctor that has that take, takes care of this baby should, well, see in their own country with their own context because it's uh, something that you need to uh, see if you can implement this treatment in your own country. Uh, you need to be able to give erythropoietin once a week subcutaneously. We in the Netherlands, uh, live in a very small country with very short distances and uh, it's easy to get access to these medications and it's easy to get uh, the, the parents to come to the hospital for uh, the erythropoietin. But I can imagine that not this is not the case for all countries. So we would advise or at least to consider the need for the, the, to give erythropoietin, but you should discuss this with parents to see if this is feasible or not in your own country. It, I think that parents have the right to know that there is a way to reduce the need of transfusions and that it's good to that they are aware of that and that the treatment is something that we that is available in many, many countries. And now that we have the results of the study, uh, um, again, for transparency and for counseling, pa parents should be aware of this possibility which would reduce the need of an hospitalization of this uh, baby, at least one hospitalization. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for summarizing, summarizing the results of this really nice, uh, important trial. Thank you, Emma. You can read Professor Lopriori's research online now at thelancethematology.com. Thank you to Professor Lopriori and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to The Lancet Hematology in conversation with wherever you usually get your podcasts.